Shalom and welcome to Torah to the People, a podcast from Temple Israel in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm Rabbi Micah Greenstein. We hope you enjoy this selection of our sermons, classes, and conversations with inspiring people from across the Bluff City and around the world. Earlier this year, I was meeting with a family after the loss of a loved one. And for one of the family members, it was very hard to open up and to talk about how they were feeling. After a loss, after something traumatic, it's natural to, to be in shock or to have no words or to keep in to keep in those words and feelings and just not share them, just keep them inside of ourselves. And of course, this response is a natural defense mechanism. Part of us has been deeply hurt or damaged, and so we shut ourselves off, shut the world out so that it can't hurt us again. And as the months and years go by and we keep on living, we often keep that part of ourselves that is hurting hidden. Hidden from others and sometimes maybe even usually hidden from ourselves because that can make it easier to move on, to move forward, just to function. And in our Torah portion this week, we near the end of the story of our spiritual ancestor who perhaps hid the most from the outside world, Joseph. In this parasha, of course, he hid his true identity from his brothers, but also living as the second most powerful man in Egypt for a decade. We can only imagine how much of himself he withheld from Pharaoh and his Egyptian friends, his Israelite upbringing, his past as a slave and as a prisoner, and how much of his past trauma being thrown into a pit by his brothers, his own brothers, sold into slavery and taken to a faraway land, how much of this trauma he hid from himself. Rabbi Brad Artson, the head of the conservative rabbinical school in Los Angeles, writes of Joseph, he had locked up all of his pain, regret, shame, rage, and sorrow behind an impenetrable wall. And given what Joseph had been through, it is completely understandable how much he kept inside, maybe even from himself. It's therefore no coincidence that God, who spoke directly to all of Joseph's ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, only came to Joseph in dreams, the state in which our subconscious finally comes to the fore. Joseph clearly kept a lot inside. We know that early on in Joseph's story, he had been physically pulled up literally pulled out of the pit that he was trapped in twice. 
First, as we read about two Shabbats ago, after his brothers threw him into the pit and left him there to die, his brother Judah saved him by convincing the brothers to sell him into slavery and at least profit from him instead of simply letting him die. And then the second time, after Joseph had once again been thrown into a boar, the same Hebrew word as before, thrown into a pit, the pit of a prison cell in Egypt. And then after languishing for years in prison, Pharaoh called him up out of that pit to interpret his, to interpret Pharaoh's strange dreams. And though Joseph had been physically freed from that pit, part of Joseph always remained there in the darkness with his past. For what does a pit do but shroud one in darkness? Isolate, cut off the rest of the world from seeing what is going on inside. Exactly what a loss does to us. So we meet Joseph in this week's parasha. He's at the top of his power as Pharaoh's right-hand man, and his brothers have come all the way down to Egypt to beg for grain to save their family from famine. And yet Joseph is still hiding his true identity from them, still making them believe that he is an Egyptian ruler and nothing more. And at this point, we read he tests his brothers by having his silver goblet planted in his youngest brother Benjamin's bag and then threatening to imprison Benjamin once he's discovered with it because Joseph wants to see how his brothers will react. And they are terrified. Terrified because they know that losing Benjamin would devastate, would devastate their elderly father, Jacob remembering firsthand how much damage they themselves caused decades before when they saw their father lose another son, him, Joseph. Though until now, part of Joseph's soul, part of his essence was still stuck in that deep, dark pit. In this parasha, in this moment, he is transformed. He's redeemed. He's freed from a captivity that he did not know he was in. After this test, after seeing how his brother Judah responds to it, Joseph finally reveals himself to the brothers who had sold him into slavery all those years ago. And he reconciled with them and he embraced them. But what you might be wondering caused this transformation It's the dialogue that he shares with his brother Judah, which you can read in full in the Torah or in a Torah commentary. But I'd like to share with you a midrash, an early rabbinic commentary or interpretation that gets to the deeper meaning of how this conversation went. The midrash says that Joseph's state of mind was like a deep water, like a deep well, too deep or distant or cold, for anyone to drink of it. But then someone came along who tied a thread to a thread and then a rope to a rope and drew up its water and drank. And the Midrash says it was in this way that Judah reached Joseph, answering him word for word until he penetrated to his very heart. 
As the Midrash sees it, Judah built a rope and threw a lifeline to his lost brother. The portion begins, Vaigash elav Yehuda. Judah approached, he drew near to Joseph. He drew close to him, this Midrash says, not just physically, but by showing him how deeply he cared for Benjamin and for their father Jacob, how utterly changed Judah and these brothers were from the people who they had been decades before, how complete was their teshuva, how deep was their regret over how they had treated him, how they treated Joseph. So it was this act, Vayigash, of approaching his brother Joseph with love after a lifetime of rejection. Though, Ju though Judah had physically pulled him from the pit decades earlier, it was this act of approaching Joseph with vulnerability, with intimacy and capacity for love that allowed Joseph once and for all to pull himself, to pull himself out of that pit. And so Joseph in turn revealed himself to his brothers and forgave them. And they wept and they embraced. In the words of Rabbi Artsin, quote, Judah made wise of his lifetime of living, of his own regret and personal loss and his teshuva, his repentance, and Judah was able to speak to Joseph patiently, slowly, and persistently. As layer upon layer was peeled back, Judah was able to gain sight of the hidden Joseph within and was able to allow that true Joseph to come to the surface. Like the Midrash says, like one who forged a rope and brought the water to the surface, Judah's patient listening and gentle encouragement allowed the true Joseph to surface and to remain there. Rabbi Artson continues, each of us can provide attentive listening. Each of us in this room, in this day, can provide attentive listening and persistent questioning to those around us. All of us have our wounds, our secrets, our shame, our sorrow, our rage. And often those scars feel so threatening that we wrap ourselves behind them and trap ourselves within, even as we distance ourselves from our friends and our families. So maybe now, maybe in this year ahead, maybe and may the day not be distant, when sometime soon it will be our Judah or our Joseph moment. When we will be ready to tell ourselves that we have been in the pit long enough that we are ready to grab hold of that rope and with the help of our therapist or our friends or our community to pull ourselves out of that pit. Kenyi may it be God's will.